Isaac, good to be with you. I'm coming to you from my office at Midway Baptist Church today. So I've got uh, Moses looking over my shoulder and a world map behind me. And I've got my Kumalani Chapel uh, coffee mug from Maui, uh, where I had the privilege of training some people in the gospel a few years ago, a beautiful church without walls right on the ocean. Just a beautiful spot. I How just had you? an idea. What's that? Um, next season, Woods in the Word getting coffee, we should go, we should film on site. Ah, from the location of all of your coffee mugs. <laughs> That's a great idea. I like so we'll that. We'll post up for like three months at that aquarium. Um, <laughs> right. But then we make out. Like that. That's the place that I want to start with. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start in Maui under the tangerine tree, right beside the church without walls there. Beautiful location. For those of yes. you wondering, I got the same mug. Right. And we'll camp out for one session. Wherever you bought your mug. So that'll be good too. I think it's Target. So we'll probably just go to Target. Target. Yeah. We'll be at corporate Target corporate headquarters in Minneapolis. It'll be good. Yeah. Short commute. <laughs> That's right. A home game for you. Well, today we're just, we're still in the book of James. Uh, we're trying to get very practical with our faith using the wisdom that God gives us through his word. Um, and James, uh, he really goes to meddling in these two verses that we're going to look at today at the end of chapter four, or not quite the end, but verses 11 and 12, where he's going to tell us um, not to judge one another. Uh, and so that'll make for an interesting discussion. Uh, again, he's talking about brothers and sisters in Christ and how we treat each other. And he says, uh, do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge. And it's not here, but in parentheses, we would say, and it's not you. <laughs> um, there's one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So, Isaac, let me ask you, who are you to judge your neighbor? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, uh, I think, is what we're getting at here. Um, yeah, I think that's just, this is just another example of, like, just we get in trouble trying to do God's work for him. Right. So often. And actually, probably that's at the core of all of our sin problems. At the end of the day, it's us trying to be God. Right. God, let me help you out here. I've got this one. Uh, I'll call you if I need you, but uh, I've got this figured this. out. I'm planning my own life. I'm controlling it. I've decided right. what I need, what I want. Me, me, me. And then this is kind of a, a caveat off of that, right? Like where yep. when we interact with others, we have a tendency to think that we play the judge role of determining the fate of other human beings. Right. And I love how he calls out there in 12 that there, there is one lawgiver and judge, and it's one who is able to save or to destroy, right? So God is the judge because he's able to actually be the judge. He's able right. to make the judgment, to determine whether you are saved so he's able to save from destruction he's able to destroy those that do not choose 
right? So he's the one that's able to implement that. We are not at all. Right. He has the authority. He has the power. He's the one who created us and has revealed himself to us that we might choose to love him or to not love him and not follow him. Um, And so, yeah, James is very quickly, uh, and it's always so often as you read James, you're reminded, oh, yeah, he's the half-brother of Jesus. So when he says there is only one lawgiver and judge, he's talking about Jesus. Because Jesus said in John chapter 5, the Father has given all judgment to the Son. He has that responsibility and that role. And in the Gospel of Matthew, he says, there's coming a day where I'm going to sit on my throne, and all of humanity will come before me, and I will separate them sheep, goats, sheep, goats. And the sheep I will send into everlasting life, and the goats to everlasting punishment. We see him in Matthew as in Matthew chapter 25 as the one who is the judge. And so it's not us. He's the judge. Um, you know, for my training in evangelism, I would say we are the witnesses, not the judges. Our job is to represent Christ to one another and to the world that doesn't know him. Um, and then trust that his spirit will convict them of sin, of righteousness and judgment, because we can't do that either. Uh, and But here he's particularly talking about fellow believers, that we should not judge one another. And uh, it's just two verses, but wow, there's a whole lot there. Well, yeah, and it's just it, so often we as Christians, um, especially in today's age with the access to, um, like, we're just able to talk more, which is not right. necessarily good. Like, get things, post things, we have platforms where we can say things, um, we can talk about people, like, we think we know them because we saw one blip of a tweet that someone mm-hmm. said, and we we can use that to judge them. There's so many opportunities for us to be exposed to to other other people and what they say. And so every time we interact with other humans, it's it's an opportunity, a temptation for us to judge them, right? Yes. Um, when we interact with them. Like back in this, like you could go about your day and not interact with people in other cities, in, in other places of the world and not hear what they're saying, let alone whether you agreed or disagreed with it, right? Right. And so um, we're just, we are inundated with people's thoughts and opinions. And it's hard. Yes. It's very difficult to be around another human being that has thoughts and opinions that are different than yours and and not judge. Right. And not think that we have the right to correct them. Yep. And uh, but I think it's it's extra special, like in the Christ in the Christian world, like I this has been a feeling of mine for a while that it's like we just shouldn't speak ill of each other. Like, and this is what it's saying. Like the the difference, you know, disagreeing and having theological discussions on like, you know, sure. What do we think about this? But to do that in a way that's not attacking each other, because as as Christians, like one, he's telling us not to do it. So we should obey. <laughs> that's a good but reason. also, like it just it, it confuses the outside world that's looking in at us. Right. Well, well um, and it confirms their suspicion that we're really not any different than them. We're just playing a game, wearing a mask. We're hypocrites. Uh, but it's it, also it also reminds me a lot of like Samuel and Sullivan my my voice right that like you go to any one of them they are seven and soon to be ten 
And you go to one of them and confront one of them on something that they've done. And one of the first sentences out of their mouth is something about, but what about the other one? Like, right. And so it's like, and I think we do that a lot too, where it's not just us speaking evil to one, uh, one another, but oftentimes it's that evil is like us deflecting some, some guilt of our own. Right. That oftentimes it's like, if you want to know what somebody's guilty of, just listen to what they accuse other people of doing. And they're probably doing something similar. Like that runs, that's true more it's often than so not. true. Yes, it yeah. is. Um, and so it just reminds me that, you know, that these verses talking about not speaking evil against one another as brothers, that I see that play out so often as brothers. Like, well, I get convicted of something, but then I want to, and maybe sometimes it's going to God with it. You know, well, what about that person and them? And it's like, no, just right. deal with yourself. Um, well, and Peter did that. Peter did the same thing when Jesus called him, you know, and told him to go feed the sheep. And he told him about how he was going to die at the end. And, and, uh, and, and, and Peter's first words were, well, what about this guy over here? What's going to yeah. play out for him? And right. so he's worried about, and, and Jesus said, you don't worry about him. If I wanted him to live forever until I come back, that's my business. You follow me. And, and that idea that we're supposed to be following Jesus, that that's our main goal, that's what James wants us to get back to here. He says, look, you're supposed to be a doer of the word. That's what I've been telling you throughout this whole letter. And when you slip off into thinking you're the judge and you move from the witness stand to the judge's bench and say, excuse me, your honor, you're in my seat. <laughs> I'll finish this case for you. Uh, because I'm going to judge everybody, and then you've you've forgotten what your purpose is, and you're missing the benefit of living the Christian life as intended because you you have forgotten your role. And so James wants he's continually working here to refocus us and to keep us on task. <laughs> Obey the word. Don't speak evil of one another. Don't judge one another. Tony Evans said in his commentary on these verses, so if you judge a fellow believer, you're judging the law that commands you to love others, which is what he says in James 4.11. Remember that brother or sister you criticize could have been you. As God has shown you grace and mercy, practice that grace and mercy with other people. And oftentimes it either is you or was you. Right. So often so often and it's like there's so many different ways that this can go and i think we'll, maybe we'll touch on them both one is you know what is the definition of judging right, right. um it's not saying you can't you cannot confront someone that what they're doing is wrong that's not judging but it's what we were talking about earlier that judging is you think that you can stamp them as saved or unsaved that, that you can implement the the that you're in charge of the repercussions from someone's mistake that you're in charge of right uh, bringing justice the punishment the justice the judge does the judge administers justice yeah correct yeah and that's god's that is god's and he is a just god absolutely he is and his job is to bring the justice our job is to uh, get along with one another, number one, as fellow believers. But when we see someone in sin, we lovingly go to them. Now, James, the same guy who wrote verses 11 and 12 in chapter four, 
at the end of his letter, as he's finishing up in verse 19 of chapter 5, he says, my brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. So here, the same guy who wrote, don't judge, said, go after your brother if he's sinning, not to condemn him, because that's not your job, but to bring him back, to reconcile him. And so James is, is, is he's not speaking out of both sides of his mouth here. Uh, he's very consistent in what he's saying. Don't judge the activity, but go to restore and reconcile. The same guy can't be saying two different things here. Um, and it's consistent with what Jesus and what Paul also talked about. Yeah. And so to always have that reconciliation in the back of your mind, if you're going to go, like you, we can't go to, to brothers and sisters or anyone with just a, Hey, you're wrong, but to have yeah. a, Hey, you're wrong. Here's a way back. Here's what God says. Here's how to get back to God. Here's how I'm willing to help you do that, to have a, a solution there in place, as opposed to just you're wrong and an idiot. Um, to be able to move forward. But so that's important to know, like that judging, there's still room. These verses are not saying don't ever disagree with anybody. Don't ever tell someone that what they're doing is inaccurate, according to scriptures. Um, That judging, that's not judging. Um, But it's also like there, there is room in God's, God's plans for us all for different, for us to be responsible for different elements. So I always tell this story, this will bring more picture to what I'm thinking here. Like, so I always think of Eric Liddell, remember him? (laughs) He was uh, Chariots of Fire, a famous movie. He Mm -hmm. was an Olympic athlete in the forties, thirties, thirties. And he was a long distance runner, I think, but he was in the Olympics. Right. But he felt convicted by God that he shouldn't run races on Sundays um, to keep the Sabbath holy, right? right. And right. so um, he would run races, but if they were on Sunday, he would just not compete in them and take the, right. the loss or the do not complete or whatever, right? right. Um, and so that became a big story at the time and brought a lot of attention to what he did, right? So he's right. a Christian man. I very firmly believe that God was calling him to not run Olympic races on Sunday. Right. Yeah. As a witness. I take that. And then I look at and fill in the blanks with Tim Tebow or Tony Dungy. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Who played in in the NFL, which primarily plays on Sunday. They work on Sunday. Right. And so there's one approach you could say, well, they were just ignoring that and they shouldn't have been doing that. That the legalistic approach, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe that there's room there that it would have been that God had called them to do that for a season in their life. Right. And that it would have been a sin for them to ignore God's calling there and to not live in that space. And because so he gave them the platform to be a witness on Sundays. From the outside uh, looking in, right. That looks like God speaking out of two sides of his mouth mm-hmm. that oh, Eric Liddell would have been a sin for him to run on Sundays, but Tony Dungy, it would have been a sin for him not to do it. And it's like, no, it's him calling you. And that's where you don't, if you're Eric Liddell or if you're Tony Dungy, don't worry about what the other one is doing. 
Right. Be faithful to what you're called to do. And if God calls you to do something and you do not do that, that is a sin on you. Like that's right. a sin. On you. And it might be that someone else gets called to do the exact opposite or doesn't get called to do that. And it doesn't get applied to them as them. But pay attention to what God's calling you to do and be faithful to that. And that's what James is saying. Be a doer yeah. of the word. Don't spend all your time worrying about what somebody else is or isn't doing that you agree with. And Paul said it this way, Roman, what you just described is Romans chapter 14. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the other person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eat despise the one who abstains and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? We're not serving one another. We serve the Lord Jesus. He then says, it is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. He's the judge. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, Paul's summary statement of all this, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. I'm not giving an account for you. You're not giving an account for me or anyone else, we give an account for ourselves. So go do what God's calling you to do. Absolutely. Do it and celebrate it and celebrate what other people are doing. The fact that they're living out the purposes of God differently than you are, but that's rich and diverse and wonderful. And, um, but be ready if you need to go to them. If, if it is biblical sin as defined by God that they are committing, and it's drawing them away, they're wandering away from the Lord, then go to them, but not as their judge, but as their friend, as their brother or sister in Christ. Go without judgment. Go gently, carefully, prayerfully. Take the Word of God with you, because the Bible itself says that it is useful for correction. So let the word of God correct them. You don't need to be their corrector. And then trust that the spirit of God will take the word of God and convict their hearts and draw them back to the Lord. And the he's last, the only one that can do that too. He's the only one that can do that. You're not, your job is not to convict people of sin, right. but you can allow the word of, you can put the plain word of God before someone and let the spirit use that in their life. Um, and then your goal is to be reconciled with him. As when they come back to God, you forgive them. Uh, you make right the relationship that you have with them, and you help them continue to grow and develop as you work on your own growth and development of your own spiritual life.
So that'll keep you busy just taking care of your own self. Absolutely. Yeah. So good word. Hopefully this is helpful uh, for folks to just walk through the book of James with us and to see how it's connected to other passages of scripture. Uh, Again, James has told us repeatedly that God's wisdom is available to us for us to receive that wisdom and then act upon it in faith and let him guide and direct our steps. And that will take care of itself. It'll go a long way for sure. All right. So let's go live that out. See you next week. All right. Look forward to it.